Lord have mercy. Yeah, I was, I was just saying, like, I'm after the Daily Newsroom call every morning, and like, Thursday morning was a mad one. It was mm. an absolute mad one. Mm. I, I get the Orcs because I'm the editor. So I just played, uh, we had three lines for 10 minutes. Just as long as you didn't put World in Motion on. We finished with World in Motion. Oh, I, but I cut it out at the John Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> I cut it out at the John Barnes. Good. Crucially. I was like, oh, wonder what happened to John Barnes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he's irrelevant. Yeah, he's on the side of like Lee Anderson. No, I'm not going to watch it. I'll just check for, I'll just check for my phone and I'm packing boxes. I was like, how do you know there's a final, mate? <laughs> if you weren't watching it, I thought you boycotted this. I'm sick of him. Sick of it. We, okay, we, which politician has most annoyed you with their jumping on the bandwagon and why is it Pretty Patel? <laughs> <laughs> and why is her name Pretty Patel? It's <sighs> <That laughs> coming home. If they try and bring anything to this country, he's going to have the gunboats out. Come on now. I, well, I, can't, I honestly can't wait till she has to actually answer a question on it because <laughs> it's been that brazen. I, I just, I just want to see what she says. I just want to see what she says. Uh, oh. Put them all in the bin. There was someone being interviewed. I think it was on um, Sunday Politics, whatever it's called. <laughs> and she was saying... That, um, how that a, that's how you name a show. <laughs> that, that and she was saying, they asked her what she thought about the football the night before. She's like, oh, I couldn't watch it. I was behind myself for the whole night, the whole match. It's like, bro, we were 1-0 up after three minutes. <laughs> we won that game 4-0. That's how I know you weren't watching it. Stop doing this. You're like, not proving anything. It's like the it crowd. Like, <laughs> what Football cliches. Oh. That's exactly what I <laughs> keep trying to walk it into the net. The, oh. the lad's done good. Yeah. <laughs> Game in two hours. Come on, and it, it, it's it is apt that we were talking about football because um, we were talking about Peter Patel and we we're talking about traveling while black in the first black in a box for a long time in person too. Oh, feel how crispy it sounds. That's a wonderful segue. Bro, it's a mad thing. <laughs> I've not seen one of those in a while. Bro, pepper. <laughs> I've been thinking about that for a good six months. So, you know. <laughs> I mean, this this it topic has been outlined for about six months, hasn't yeah. it? We didn't gentrify your own hood. <laughs> <laughs> That's a deep cut. And I know you fans do check out all the content, but that is a deep cut. Um, <laughs> fantastic. It's beautiful to you guys. Look yeah. at this, I'm touching Angelo. Literally. Bro. Literally, it's, it's, a, it's entirely mad. It's entirely Have you been outside all summer? Because you look dark. Bro. <laughs> you look dark, man. Are we just going to turn this into a roast? No, this isn't a roast, man. This is, <laughs> this is a compliment. Healthy. I feel healthy. The I've, hair um, is luscious, too. Melanin dreams. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've uh, yeah, I've been doing uh, lots of work. Well, well I, had to, I had to support the thing. I had yeah. to support the thing, innit? I know, uh, I know, I know where you've been yeah, working. Ones. So I had to support the no, team. Ones. No longer black Air Force. Right. <laughs> <Look at these. laughs> That's oh. my life energy, not my crap. Wow. He goes to the car and they say, get the thing. Angelo means he's going to get his black Air Forces. <laughs> I'm just not the one. If he leaves the bar, he's going for his black Air Forces. You need to leave the bar as well. Is all I'm saying. Oh, Lord. But now you're looking very good, looking very well. What will pay the bills <laughs> is hiring this man or sponsoring this show. Sponsoring this podcast. We'll pay our bills. We'll pay out. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be nice. You know, I can't just live off free clothes. 
although they are nice. Man is looking crispy, I must say. Do you want to count? <laughs> I, 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 I was waiting to see how long it was going to be until that was dropped. I did oh. the thing where like, I've been honestly n not buying any clothes after last year because beginning of lockdown, everyone was went a bit crazy and just like, mm -hmm. I'm not seeing anyone. I'm just going to just buy stuff. So I've, I've stuck, I, like, I put myself a loophole in where if I get a voucher, I can spend the voucher and top it up but the voucher has to be but the voucher has to be the voucher has to be 51%. It has to be the lion's share. So let's say I get 50 quid voucher. Yeah. I can top that up to 49 pounds. Man's is doing up like that was the Oh minimum. right, okay, okay. But okay. I've tried not to spend in excess and I've been doing it. I've just been lucky because it's just been a, a it's been a good year. Mm, well, you did have a full outfit change when you came into the studio, so yeah. it's obviously Coming been a, to a billboard near you. <laughs> doing what I can do what I can. There was actually a billboard outside that I did, which was very nice. I'm going to take a photo of it. The Declan Rice one. Declan Rice. If you'd have stayed a bit longer, it rotated to Luke Shaw. If you'd have stayed a bit longer, it rotated again. Here's <laughs> this man thinking I didn't see his work and stuff. And just Bellingham. on my head. Oh, this, this is why you need to be in a room with the guys. <laughs> um, <laughs> the gas up. Yeah. Alana, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just so happy to be back in the studio with you guys. This is great. Alana, oh, you got coming up, Alana. Yes, yeah, she's huh? what's happening next week? She's, she's back mm, in the studio, yeah, but not just this studio. I'm in multiple studios. The fitness studio, I'm in your fitness space, giving the girls the ride of their lives on the uh, and spin bikes and the boys and the NBs. So leaving yeah. nobody out, exactly. But yeah, that. I've um, I'm uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm in the fitness in the, the fitness game now, one. the ride of your life, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Nick. Um, <laughs> we all tried to gloss over it. Look, I said what I said. We all tried to. I said what I said. I think Alana's class is going to be full straight away. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to be overbooked. Uh, so check that out. Check that out. Yeah, yeah. So you can find me at your local third space, 7.45 in the morning on Mondays at Soho. Yeah, you, you need to sort that out. I can't be there for one of them. <laughs> early, mate. I love you, but damn, <laughs> <laughs> I don't love you that much. You know what I'm saying? Oh, uh, Dom, are you well? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Not a lot to report. I'm supposed to be on holiday again right now, so it's I'm. Tough, man. Yeah, I, it's, it's very opportune that we're talking about this today. Yeah, I was, I was at Greece, so I'm off next week. And mm. uh, yeah, that well, just got obviously not happening. Boxed it off, so instead I'm going to Huddersfield. <laughs> so, <laughs> traveling whilst black. <laughs> <laughs> traveling whilst black. It's, this is a topic which um, I believe Dom had introduced, and it's something we've been thinking about for a long time. It's particularly pertinent. As a couple of just mentioned, you know, in the last eighteen months, the most important thing has been <laughs> literally just getting through, surviving day to day. I mean. I wanted to say just then, like, looks like we're through the other side of it. But what it looks like is that we are in a similar place last year, except some of us are vaccinated, others aren't. We'll see what happens, but I'm not going to go into that much, too much. You see a lot of it on your timelines as, you know, catch flights, not feelings, Twitter is has been in the mud for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> it's been real. There's been a lot of people really digging deep into the bag to repost flipping over images onto their instagram oh. to make it we know you've not been anywhere <laughs> you can't. you've been in dubai for how long <laughs> <laughs> it's fine none of us are going anywhere you don't have to pretend and it's you know because it's 
people are used to traveling, at least you're used to not liberty. And even if you're not going anywhere, it's just, it's just the fact that you can't mm. is, is the mad thing mentally. And that's the hard thing to get over to. So it's, I think it's a pertinent topic and a good time to talk about when we are able to travel and you're out to go other places, the experiences that we have and that we have had and some of the considerations which people might not realize that you have to make these calculations like even before you choose the location. Um, so I thought we'd sort of opening up each with a bit, a little sort of traveling whilst black story. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tom, do you want to get the ball rolling? I can do, yeah. For me, before I moved to London and before I started working with Deloitte, I'd been to the typical places that <clears throat> people our age go to. You've got your, your Balearic. I've learned how to say that properly recently. One of those islands, you go to like a Cabos, one of them kind of places, a couple of trips to the States, Jamaica to see the family, but I'd not really been anywhere else aside from that. So all places where I was either with people who looked like me or I was around a lot of British people. And it's only when I started working for Deloitte and I was having to go here, there and everywhere that I started to actually approach things a little bit differently. For me, there was always only one rule, which is madness, and I'm going to come into it a little bit later. But the one rule that I'd set for myself is, well, it was kind of like rule 1A, 1B. Don't go to Texas. Better <laughs> 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 go to Texas. <laughs> fuck you up. <laughs> My friends always told me, you better not go to Texas. They'll fuck you up. <laughs> exactly for that reason. <laughs> for that reason. And secondly, don't go to Eastern Europe. And as things have turned out, both through work and my own personal life, I've been to both since. But those are the only rules that I had. And the first time that I really woke up and thought, oh shit, this is different. I was in Tokyo. Yeah. Tokyo with work and everything you are led to believe with Tokyo about how many black people there are there is exactly as it is. And it's the first time that I've really experienced and witnessed the whole solidarity and strength in numbers thing. Because I think I was there for about four days, didn't see anyone that looked Western, didn't see any black people, and not a word of English was spoken. It was actually quite impressive. Gaijin. It was madness. It was madness. I've never been anywhere where you're so disconnected from Western culture. And it was quite refreshing in a way, having to learn to communicate in different ways as well. Because even when I was in the office, there was only one person that spoke English. The thing is, I, I respect that. Yeah, so do I. I respect it. Heavily. I, respect it. It, I mean, it has its setbacks. I mean, I think they've obviously done it too far now because the population is dwindling. Because people realise that, oh, without migration, your population, population will die eventually. Like, that's just the way it goes. But yeah, I, I, re I, re I respect the preservation of or prioritization of, of, of an indigenous culture, mm. but not to the extent where you're unwelcoming. It, it was mad, honestly, yeah. it was mad. It's, it's also the first place that I've been to where everywhere that I went, just a herd of eyes following me. Like, I hadn't noticed it before that. I mean, there's a lot of rooms that I go into when I'm the biggest person in there, I'm the blackest person in there. Being in a whole ass city, and that is happening, and in such a mega city this. as well. He always does this. What? Like he's Shaq O'Neal. This man out I, you, in Tokyo, I am like Shaq O'Neal. I didn't realize five eleven made you Shaq. <laughs> in Tokyo, mate, trust me. Dom's on cereal boxes out there. <laughs> but this is what happens, yeah. Bob Sap. I'm walking, I'm walking through Shinjuku, and I'm on my third day. I'm absolutely knackered because, as refreshing as it is to not have to. To not be able to um, converse with people, to have to communicate in other ways, as refreshing as it is, it's tiring. 
because there's a lot of this because I'm a ridiculous English traveller. Audio medium. I'm waving my arms, okay. being very exaggerated. A um, lot of that. But then I think the third or fourth day I'm walking through Shinjuku and I hear a, hey, hey, bro, brother. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on? And there's a black guy from the from the states who literally runs across the street, stopping oh traffic God. and shit. <laughs> Yo, you're the first brother I seen out here, man. And because I was wearing I was wearing a Lakers jersey at the time, I think he thought he had real solidarity there. That was a real slice of home. But that in that one instance was like this whole game is very different for us, isn't it? But oh along with that as well with the traveling that I've been able to do through work and, and thereafter as well, the stories that you come away with, the appreciation for different cultures is something that our generation, as black people born in the UK, a couple of generations after our grandparents moved over here, it's something that they can only dream of. The conversations that I have with my grandma afterwards, with some of the places that they go to, it's like, I always wanted to go there. I'm so glad that I'm now living through you. So it's, it's an amazing situation to be in. It's amazing to be able to have those situations. But as I'm sure we're going to get into later, it's not all funny anecdotes at all. Yeah. But on the topic of funny anecdotes, let me tell you about a little time when I went to Barcelona with my friends. So 2004, I think it was I went. And we're walking down a very popular street in uh, Barcelona. And my friend is being harassed by ladies of the night, just being harassed. And the two of us just walking down the street together. I'm getting no harassment and I'm pretty much enjoying it. I'm like, but this guy's like nectar to bees. So finally he goes, why is nobody harassing my friend? <laughs> and this woman says to him in English, she'd been harassing him in Spanish, says to him in English, the blacks don't pay. It was hilarious because plot twist, he was mostly being harassed by black ladies. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> that is when racism works for him. <laughs> 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 but it put me in this weird space. So I was like, if I kind of go, well, I've got money too, then it's like, oh. <laughs> then that's the wrong response. <laughs> but... But also, like, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pay. That I was like, I don't know what to do. But yeah, Barcelona was 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 wild. But the funniest experience was actually in the UK. I remember, <laughs> I don't know what my partner at the time was like. Let's stop off at. We were driving from Yorkshire down to Kent, and we just like decided to do like the scenic route, and we stopped off in middle of Nowheresville, somewhere in the middle of England. Went into one of these proper country pubs, and I swear I'm not joking. We walked in, and every conversation stopped everybody's looking at me kind of giving my partner at that time you know blink twice if you're in danger <laughs> <laughs> what was brilliant was like so just being completely normal and then this one guy comes up to me and he's like all right mate i just want to know, yeah just want you to know you're very welcome here you're very very welcome here what can we get you got if you want to drink at the bar you get a drink at I'm like, i don't know how it's always that isn't it like, just so we, we accept your people here by the way i had honestly one of the situations one of the funniest but also simultaneously the scariest moments in my life i had like that i was in backpack country island somewhere out in Ireland called Ballyshannon out Donegal what way. Were you doing out there? Mate, I don't know what I was doing out there. <laughs> There's a, that's a whole other story. Thank God. <laughs> Just rural Ireland. Honestly, and there's some kind of day festival going on. I think it was Rory Gallagher Festival or something. It doesn't matter why I was there. And I've walked into this pub to go to the bathroom and this white Irish guy just stepped in front of me. 
and I'm shitting myself because I've already looked around this whole town. I'm the only black person there. Drawn a few eyes. But I looked I like, around the town <laughs> for another one. That other guy was like, You hey! do that. Hey, <laughs> I saw you in Shinjuku. <laughs> this guy again. Honestly, he stepped across my path. And I'm like, oh shit, this is exactly what I've been playing through my mind the whole time I've been here. And he just, you're going to have to excuse the accent, but it, it's the story, it's not the story without it. And he goes, Hey, I just want to tell you, I'm a big fan of the blacks. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I was like, yeah. I like the Irish too. And he let me go off on my way. <laughs> Relieve myself. Just want to tell, tell you I'm a big fan of the blacks. That was it. Good. That was it. But in that one moment, the look on his face, because it wasn't no like happiness, no strike. No, he looked stern, but I'm a big fan of the blacks. They're the blacks of Britain. That's no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. There we go. Mm. There we so go. So that is, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's kind of mad. Kind of mad. <laughs> as long as you're not in Boston. <laughs> well, and that solidarity yeah, is very exactly. different. <laughs> They just crossed out the Irish and left everything else. (laughs) (laughs) Alana, what's it been like for you as an American? Traveling, you know, it's funny because your thing about Texas, I definitely have that as one of the rules too, which is a bit unfortunate because like exploring for me is like a core value and traveling is definitely like a part of that core value. Um, So... And that's part of my family, too. So we've always loved, um, as we've discussed on the pod before, a very multicultural family. So I just love experiencing other cultures. Um, And the first time I went backpacking was with my mom. We went backpacking through Mexico and Guatemala. And I also kind of had a similar experience with you where I... I either was in countries that were very colorful and like I could sort of blend into the culture. So if shit went awry, I could like ditch the white people I was with and like fade into the background. But ditch your mom. <laughs> no, because she's kind of colorful. Too. I'm thinking more like like Nick and like the British. Why does Alana just keep trailing really far behind us? <laughs> Ducks into a doorway. <laughs> Uh, sorry, yeah, lo siento. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but then, or I would, if I ever was traveling in Europe, I was always like, or, you know, predominantly white areas, I was always with a bunch of white people. So I didn't really think about, um, you know, traveling whilst black when I was growing up. It was always mostly traveling whilst, like, female that I was worried about mm. more. Um, and... I have to say, like, by and large, all my traveling experiences have been wonderful. The only sort of, like, humorous racism that I ever (laughs) experienced is, like, did you ever go to places usually in France or, like, Barcelona, and people are trying to get you into clubs or into, like, their restaurant, and they'll call you whatever famous black person it is at the time? So I would either get, like, Beyonce, I'll take it, or Michelle Obama. Michelle, Michelle, come here, Michelle. Like, Who the fuck is Michelle? Oh, Obama, the only one that he could possibly know. Uh, um, Don't be like famous like that. You'd, you'd have to explain, right? Like Michelle. Yeah, yeah, and it wasn't until he was like Obama that I was like, right, good, good. Um, but you know what? Fine, I'll take it too. Uh, it's all in good fun, I guess. But then, you know, being American, my so. Road trips are a huge part of our American culture because obviously it's just such an expansive land and that's something that I really treasure too. And I really love traveling by myself and doing solo road trips. But there's definitely an anxiety that's just ever increasing, especially in the last few years when I drive by myself. Um, And then 
it used to be again because of more of the female aspect but now in recent years i'm just like terrified of getting pulled over mm. anywhere in the states and i've always wanted to do that classic like take three months off and just travel the whole u.s um and i'd love to do it you know solo and like stay with friends who are scattered around the country but now it's i would still maybe do it but i'm like let me just avoid the southern mm. half mm. of the country until things maybe improve maybe not yeah. um and otherwise um yeah i'd have to go with a group of white people just to feel like i dilute the blackness <laughs> of it well bring a green book <laughs> oh, i have this like a bunch of my mates were going traveling in the u.s and i've always wanted to do like the west but go up yeah. towards like seattle and those places yeah um, and I've done that. I've actually done that. I do that all the time. So yeah. Well, I mean, you're from there, so <laughs> it's just like I'm, no. I'm just saying it is. It's a doable. Thing. Like I would still do it to this day. But yeah. as you are continuing. Thank you. <laughs> how how the shoes how the, the shoes on the other foot now, isn't it? In the year since you're last in here. Yeah, Goodness how the tables have turned. Exactly. <laughs> She's a menace, Dom. You were right. <laughs> She's a megalomaniac. <laughs> Um, yeah, but my friends, they were going to, they were going like through Nashville and I was just like, eh, mm, I am not up for this. So I actually just didn't go. Um, it's sad, isn't it? It's sad because there's also such amazing black culture in the South. I mean, I think majority of black people live in the South. Yeah, they treat the them terribly. And, oh, <laughs> But yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I would love to experience those communities. Like, I'd love to go, to go to New Orleans or Louisiana mm. and like the music and the food. Oh my God, the food! Like, mm. just give me a beignet made by a black I person watched, in Louisiana. Yeah, I watched I watched Jeme, uh the David Simon show. It, it was it was quite bad, but just for like every three epi three episodes, something delicious would just pop up oh. in one of the episodes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, this is actually worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, I'd love to experience those cultures. It's just, I value my life too much. It's, it's supposed to be a holiday. A holiday's not like, it's not <laughs> supposed, it's supposed to be like st stress-free. Like. Yeah. The thing is though, I think we're a little bit guilty of kind of, I think, sensationalizing. Yeah. Um, you know, we live in a country where a police officer has literally just for the first time in 35 years been convicted for manslaughter and he had to murder a famous former, a famous black former footballer, I think, and the case didn't really receive any attention. Mm -hmm. There's lots to be said about kind of how dangerous it is if you call the police and you're black in this country. Um, there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of people that, uh, crazy front wings that talk about no-go zones. Mm. Uh, there are certain places that I absolutely will not go because I just, can't deal with the kind of is my hair right and my shoes clean is it yeah. this is it that is it this is it that um and i think that it's interesting that, that i know three of us i don't know about yourself alana we've grown up and this was one of the you know original stated aims of um black in a box is kind of that being the black face in a white space we don't know about the kind of love and community that comes when everybody looks like you and yeah. mm -hmm. whether that's can overcome kind of the poverty and other systemic issues. Uh, we ha have the same systemic issues, but maybe we don't have the uh, the community infrastructure that they have. So I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting to say that. Like, I, I do want to sort of just move this on to the psychology of going to a place where you know you're unwelcome. And I think you, you said it, Don, like it's, you, ultimately, you should not restrict your world. 
you should not restrict your like capacity for exploration for growing yourself and it's sad to me to think like i don't know i'm scared to go to nashville i'm not necessarily scared but i don't want the hassle when there are communities there who are living there yeah Mm -hmm. and they've got so much to teach me so i think that is a bit of work i've got to do personally on opening my mind a bit to uh like the realities of like how serious is it is it like how bad is it going to be for me like like, there are ways that i could manage to to travel to these places and go to these places i think the key for something like that like going into the states at least is having that person who's (laughs) (laughs) well yeah just don't get caught um but like having that person who can kind of introduce you to that area because i also like there are places in the states that um I'd want to travel to that's more like the hood, which is not where I grew up. Um, but you know, there's like all the propaganda stories like that. If we're about like, oh, going into the hood, it's so dangerous, whatever. But there are people who grow up that way and who love it, like love their culture, who would never feel afraid to walk, you know, in the streets there. And yeah, I, I just think if you had that sort of anchor person to bring you in, then mm-hmm. that could help. And also, let's let's keep it kind of let's keep it a hundred percent honest. A lot of the fears that <laughs> some have been expressed around this table about certain places, people express about being in the same places as, as us. And so there is just this thing of like, uh, I know we're talking about being blacks whilst traveling, but there, uh, and Dan, you just talked about having to work on stuff. I think one of the things that we do need to work on is like, the internalized racism. Um, because actually when I think about it, I feel a lot more comfortable in certain parts of Westminster than the others, and it ain't the parts that have got like the Houses of Parliament that I feel super comfortable in. Mm. You know, I, I, and I always, I always, I love telling this story that um, I remember um, with my, with my <laughs> there was a, a woman, a former partner of mine, and uh, uh, met her family, and they were from Nottingham, and they were like, you know, Nottingham's lovely, but we don't really like St Anne's. I was like, oh, well, my family <laughs> live in St Anne's, <laughs> and it's that thing of actually. You know, I'd been to St. Anne's and I'd felt nothing but yeah. love. I felt I felt home, I felt welcomed. And so I do, you know, I think that is something that needs to be considered when we're saying, you know, don't go to Texas, you know, there are parts of West Pinsley that are really rough and all of that stuff is, how much of that is internalized racism? And also how much of it is, if you kind of make sure places don't have funding and you allow places to fall into disrepair, the people there will be kind of desperate. Like, mm. you know, Home for Huddersfield, you know, Hull where I've been for the last uh, too many years. Uh, I like it now. I like it now. I've discovered where the creatives are. But my point is, is that the reputation that Hull has is actually entirely to do with lack of funding and all of the problems that are associated with that rather yeah. than it being an intrinsically mm. rough place. It's huge your perception, isn't it? Like, it's, it's yeah, it's just perception. Like, Hull's like capital of culture. Yeah, it is. It is capital of culture. And a lot of that was there before it was capital of culture. Absolutely. Uh, like, I think it's East Hall, like, is, like, I'm not sure if that's the part, I have to tell you, but is, is, there's, there's, there's parts of it which are, like, hugely deprived, and they're still hugely deprived. Yeah. But it's just convenient for probably local government and for the government to focus on, like, okay, this is the good bit, but... So the thing, the thing that was, and this, I discovered this. Um, we went on a walking tour of um, the city. I was um, on a retreat with this great um, Hull-based company called Middlechild. We went on a walking tour around Hull, and it was the first time that I discovered that Hull, 
No, no, I knew this already, but I didn't know the reason why. Hull was the second most bombed place outside of London during the Second World War, which is why it fell so far behind. I knew that, but what I didn't know is that the government hushed it up. Uh, so that, and the problem with, they kind of didn't want people to know how bad it was. And obviously lots of people from um, cities were sending their kids up to places mm. like that. But it has that double thing of then it didn't get the requisite level of funding. So obviously if you go around London, you can, there's a lot of places that are basically would be were rebuilt after the war. Hull didn't get that level of funding. And so there is this amazing history of Hull. If you think about it, it was the gateway to Europe. You know, people often think think of it as Dover in London. It's like, actually, no, from Hull, you can get to uh, Holland and Belgium really quite easily and quickly. Um, and this does play into the kind of what we've been talking about, because I think that a lot of times the perceptions are there. We need to do a little bit more investigation as to why they're there. Well, that's also like the benefit of traveling is that you mm. have these perceptions and I'm really trying to practice this and I'll get more into practice when I travel more, but of of actually going to the places before you form your opinion yeah. about them. Mm. I mean, obviously be sort of educated, but um, <coughs> there have been so many times where I've showed up somewhere. A great example is like rural places in Mexico where, you know, people are literally living in tin sort of shacks and mm. they're in the middle of the jungle and there's like nothing around. And they've been the nicest, kindest people whenever yeah. I've been traveling. Mm -hmm. It's always been the places where I've been told, oh, watch out for this or watch out for that, where I've actually experienced the greatest amount of sort of humanity. Mm -hmm. um, and if I went into that without any sort of open-mindedness, I would miss that sort of magic. Like I wouldn't have left any room for that kind of like human interaction to to happen. I like In my experience, it's... It's always the, the places like that people say like popping that I've had the worst. I, I tend to have like bad experiences places like that. Places like uh like when I've been to Italy. Like so when I've been to Italy, I've been I've been quite a few times, I've been to Milan, I've been to For Florence, I've been to Rome. People are very nice. Like but the, I think the that sort of country's got in my experience has got a lot of work to do in terms of how they sort of view black people mm. and that's passed on and it's like when i'll then open my mouth and talk it's a bit of shock because they're like okay this is how we view black people but this is a black english person so are you saying that you don't fit in the box <laughs> you know that's the biggest like defense <laughs> It's, it's the biggest defense that you have when you're in the States as well. Like I've been in a couple mm. of interactions with police in the States and they look very different before and after I've opened my mouth. It's it's madness. And I get it even because obviously I've got the queen standard English. Yeah. And, and if, I'm not going to lie, I've turned up in police interactions before. I'm I'm ever so sorry, Sharon. I, I can't believe it. I, oh, I've, the British code switch. Yo. <laughs> the ultimate code switch. I sound like I should be in Downing Abbey when, <laughs> when the heat gets turned up. Um, but what I will, the other thing I'll say though is that I have been to a place where I went to Dominican Republic and uh, and I got my hair cut by a barber. There. It was the last time I got a haircut and I looked fully Dominican. Um, no, I did. I looked fully. No, I fully see it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd been there for about a week and I suddenly realised this is the most relaxed I've ever been in any place because I'm walking down the street and I'm just ignored. I walk along the beach and I'm just 
ignored. I go and sit in a restaurant and I don't get any different treatment. And it it was the most beautiful thing. And it's why I've gone back and it's gonna be one of the first places that I go to again, because while it's all well and good saying, yeah, you know, expand your world and all of that, but it's nice when you, you know, you go to a place and you, you can just feel like you can just breathe. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and then this is, it's, it's, I was, I was gonna come on to this when talking about sort of staycations and city versus country. And, and I just think as someone from the country, uh, I take a lot of pleasure being able to go to cities and different places and know ultimately there's probably somewhere where I can go and find people that look like me and I'm gonna be sort of comfortable yep. in that group. And I think I've, I've probably become all too comfortable with people being uncomfortable in my own presence. Yep. <laughs> which is kind of like, it's mad when you think, well, it's just, you know, just as how it is. And you were talking about sort of the country pub thing. I remember going to Southfold for friends like 30th a couple of years ago and exactly the same situation where you walk in the pub and everything stops. Like even the dogs look up <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, and I'm just absolutely used to that. So just go to the bar, all right, how's it going, mate? How are you doing? You're all right. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Start talking, dial up the Yorkshire accent. Just get a pint, you know, but yeah, you're a landlord. Timmy Tails. That's it. And then you sort of go on with your. Bite landlord, please, get. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's not something like you should experience, but yeah, it's really interesting to see how you say, like, when you obviously when you went to Dominica and you sort of just, just melted in. Mm. And I imagine they're all just like, probably all six foot odd athletes. Baseball players, all baseball players. <laughs> and the and the real dark ones are Haitians. Um, but yeah, no, it's beautiful. How much do you all collectively, right? Because I know we've all mentioned the the slight apprehension about going to certain places. How much do you let that shape the decisions that you make about where you're going to travel? Do you actively try and turn that switch off in your brain? <laughs> the only place I've kind of put my foot down and said I won't go to um, was when I was told. We should go to South Korea. I was like, hell no, nah, nope, 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 nope. And it's and it's that it's that Godzilla thing that you were talking about, Dom. It's like no, but um, I think for me, one of the, I know you said Eastern Europe. I've always enjoyed going to Eastern Europe, and I think a big part of that is a legacy of the early nineties um, and living in Kent. And uh, my mum would take in refugees from some of the different conflicts that had happened in Eastern Europe. And when you're kind of uh, like growing up with kids from form, the former Yugoslavia um, and you see actually we're just the same like we would have arguments about pogs and you know who was winning on street fire and I think that for me I, I get the I get the thing but it's like if you take Poland as a country for example the history of Polish theater is so much more radical and dare I say it liberal than in the UK but they've also just passed some of the most regressive mm. um, abortion policies on the planet. And it's that idea that two things can exist in, in one place. So it doesn't, for me, it doesn't, apart from I won't go to places like in, I, yeah, South Korea was one where I was just like, I just, I just wasn't in a place where I felt like being stared at for being six foot five in a country of five foot four people. Yeah, no, I, I get what you mean. And when you say that about Eastern Europe as well, I kind of felt bad because I've been to three, four different Eastern European countries now. And, had I just stopped and thought a little bit more beyond the brainwashing that everyone in Eastern Europe's racist, the neo-Nazis are just running rampant. 
my grandma, some of her best friends when she moved to this country were mm. Polish people. Mm. Um, and I hadn't thought about it from that regard. And it's only when you go to the countries and you realize, shit, there's less people looking at me here than there are when I go to Honley, the town that is literally 10 minutes walk away from where I grew up. Um, so I'm actively now, you kind of alluded to it right at the start, Dan, when you said that we need to get out of the situation where we're kind of prisoners to ourselves and our own thoughts. Mm. Um, little things like you have always been skiing. When you went skiing when, when we were younger, I used to think that was the wildest shit ever. <laughs> like, that's not for black people. What are you doing? <laughs> like, honestly. And that was a switch that I very physically had to switch off in my brain. Like, going skiing. Um, like, going on, like, a sailing holiday. Yeah. I've been on two holidays where I go sailing now, and I'm like, this shit is just the most relaxing thing ever. Why would I, why would I have a stigma against this? Black people live in coastal places. Yeah, that's exactly. The, 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 the thing with skiing is, I think... It's slightly different because it's economic. Yeah. Yes. Yes, there is it's that. Economic. So it's that trumps the blackness. They're like they just assume like he's got money. They don't know I was being paid to go to all those places and I was I was so poor. <laughs> and I was actually just thinking about that because I was thinking about the only places I felt uncomfortable. And it's been like when I've gone to maybe Switzerland and like it's actually again less about it's like about the intersection of being black and like whether or not you are wealthy or how you like come across yeah. in yeah. terms of your like status yeah uh, it, when i when i sort of baited italy out it's <laughs> like it was in like expensive like restaurants or when you go to a nightclub mm. and then that's when people are like what are you kind of doing here mm. so it's a slightly different thing whereas like you know when i was the skiing i just it's like i said i'm just used to people like kind of looking at me so i just didn't really wasn't really that bothered but i think it is slightly different when it's there's that economic side to it when they're just like yeah. oh he must have a bit more a bit cash about him i mean i'm not you i'm not popping like <laughs> tom harriet dompson <laughs> but yeah like in, i don't i don't actively avoid any particular place except for in my own country <laughs> <laughs> literally like i i feel generally pretty comfortable going most places and maybe that's like also because i'm slightly ignorant like i didn't know about the sort of stereotypes about eastern europe until i came here actually mm. um but it's also not really been my lived experience um working with a lot of eastern european uh european people in the construction industry here um yeah so it's really just america where i'm like Ooh, I'm gonna avoid some places I, I do. which is so sad like it's my home and it's the place I feel the least safe yeah uh, it is sad and I think the, on the only one thing that I do and I probably should stop doing this because it stops me from relaxing but sometimes after I've booked the travel booked to wherever I'm going I'll have a look at a couple of Google articles. how racist <laughs> is <laughs> pretty much <laughs> it's dumb but we had um, a couple of years ago my mum's favorite films are sound of music so we went over to Austria for her for her birthday and a couple of weeks before we went we were in Salzburg first and then Vienna I looked up a couple of news articles and they were talking about the rise of the far right in Austria and I wish I had not done that because I'm on holiday with just my mum and every evening when we went out for dinner, I'm just constantly looking over my shoulder being like, am I going to have to tump up some guys mm. to, to protect my mum now? And I've stopped doing that because whenever I did that, it just sends the anxiety through the roof like, shit, I've got to watch my back now. And I'm going on holiday, like you said, Angelo, to relax. Mm. And you can't do that if you're trying to look at all these articles, try and look for the worst case scenario when you're going away to, to have a good time, man. And all I'll say just to conclude it is we have a literal far right government. Yep. 
Like, exactly. Just just because they have dark skin, does a lot of them does not stop them from being far right. What has been your experience going back home, shall we say, whether that be the actual continent of Africa or... <laughs> actual, not the fictitious one. <laughs> well, not Wakanda. Rather than the country that people oh, think yeah. it is, you know? <laughs> yeah, or, or, you know, another predominantly black country. You know what's mad, yeah? So I, fortunately, I've been to Jamaica a few times and I've been to a couple of different Afri- African countries. And wildly enough, I feel more relaxed whenever I've been in the African countries. Like when I go to Jamaica... Fortunately, my grandma has a nice house. She lives in a nice area. And we're there, we drive nice cars and whatnot. So it's, we stand out a little bit. And the second I open my mouth, the way that I dress, the way I walk, it's the English. Prices go up. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's English boy. And I don't mind it because I do have more than them. So I don't mind it at all. I come to accept it. Um, And there are, when we go to the area that my grandma grew up in, not necessarily where she lives now. um, And it is much more, primitive the, the version of jamaica which you see is more aligned with um like live aid <laughs> rather than the the shooting up guns and everything that you, you respect see. sugar <laughs> <laughs> come out to the jungle like proper yard and and when i'm there it's very similar to what you were talking about in terms of everyone is the most kind beautiful people ever but when i'm in africa because literally everyone looks like me literally it's madness like i can't explain the first time I landed in Johannesburg and driving from the airport into the city and I had all these preconceptions of I'm gonna have to watch my back everywhere because it's one of the most violent cities in the world and the second I got in that cabin saw everyone drive I was just so so relaxed Mm -hmm. and it made me it made me laugh even more how (laughs) how far from relaxed all of my white colleagues were whilst we were there like you can't go out of the compound because if you take a step out you're gonna get shot you're gonna get raped you're gonna get stabbed and I was just, I just felt so at peace. And when I was out there, I might have mentioned it on here before once, but, but working with people from Botswana, pe- working with people from Tanzania, Kenya, just everyone, it felt right. Mm. It felt right to be with those kind of people. And I've since gone away with my mum. She's seen Africa for the first time, my little brother. And it's just experiences that I think it's hard to explain to someone, first and foremost, who isn't black. Um, but then it's even it's almost just as hard to explain to another black person who hasn't been just what that feels like because it's yeah. it's like this is what it should have been like i imagine that it's like what nina simone says when she's like you know freedom is no fear mm. yeah it's the feeling of freedom yeah so i will respond in tweet length because um i know how to <laughs> <laughs> no in all seriousness um <laughs> no in all seriousness my experiences in africa were absolutely beautiful were real lessons in humility and uh, an understanding that being poor in the UK makes me very rich uh, in the places I've been to in Africa. Mm. Dan? Afrobeats didn't bang <laughs> until... Yes, that is so true. That is so true. Did not bang. I just wasn't wasn't on it. Ojo Legba, the first time I heard it properly Why? was in Johannesburg. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, this is a completely different song now. Why? Honestly, what I will say is it's very... It's humbling being the outsider when you're actually back at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it took me a few days to get around that. And it just, it's the only place I've ever been truly like at peace. I didn't do anything. Not doing anything, right? We're going to go, one day we went to go and get a goat. And that was the, that was probably the most active day 
And then you just like hanging like <laughs> you just like standing around just talking and just spending time with people. Mm. And like that's what you do. And I felt into it's like it was so unbelievable for us all because when I came back, I was like, okay, don't waste your time on things that aren't adding to you or enriching mm. you. And I mean, I've probably gone too far since then in terms of I work too hard now because like your health's all you've got. But yeah. I think it was going to Africa and being around African people in their own sort of environment, it, it taught me so much about myself mm. and made me sort of respect myself a lot more. And so mm. I would, it's something that I think everyone should do, should experience, like a, a, a go to a place where we are sort of the, the native population and just, and just be, yeah. however yeah. that, however that unfolds for you as a person. Because you know it's 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 all it's all different. We are all different people, and you've just got to sort of exist, and as as you are, and I I think you will find your best. Mm. That's how I, I would sort of describe it. But yeah, main takeaway: Afrobeats didn't bang. Now they do. <laughs> One place you want to visit next, because we haven't got a guest. Who should go first? <laughs> you can just pick, pick. by the color of the t-shirts. Me. Let's do it. Ladies first. Outset Studio, Podman. Sorry, what's your name? Kill? Philippe. 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 <laughs> Philippe says, uh, Alana Philippe's the homie. Philippe's the homie. Um, yeah, so my, the one, I will say the theme of what I want to do next. Um, Ooh, I really oh want to visit the places of my ancestry. Nice. So, so you've been away yeah. for a while. <laughs> that's why I couldn't. Phileas <laughs> <laughs> Fogg. I could not pick one. Around the world in 80 days. So I'll just say, <laughs> I'm, I'm you priority. Pick, you have I'm to pick one. Prioritizing country. Fine. So I'll say I'll say Nevis and Saint Kitts. Uh, I thought you were gonna say Navajo. <laughs> Where are they from? <laughs> the Navajo Nation. <laughs> just go back to America. Fuck you. <laughs> Dom. Well, I'm supposed to be in Saint Lucia right now, so I'm not gonna say Saint Lucia because I will be there. Um, I want to go to the west of Africa, one of Nigeria, Ghana, or Sierra Leone, or all three in one trip. Dan. Back to Malawi. I also want to go West Africa. I just want to go to the kind of like that whole Benin, mm. Ashanti mm -hmm. region. So oh, yeah. that's me too. I also just want to quickly get it on record. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, closing parties. Mm. When I did once call Nigeria the Essex of Africa. <laughs> I, the views. I, I absolutely meant it. <laughs> Come see me. <laughs> well, it's been a good run. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realise that this was going to be the hill you'd die on, mate. <laughs> yeah. Bro, uh, when they allowed, was it Wizkid in the 10v10 to... Oh, the vibes, yeah. To put, put like, when they allowed Wizkid to put vibes away, I was like, this mm. country needs to be stopped. And on that note... So, little whip around the table and whip around the world for our traveling whilst back come back thank you angelo thank you thank you thank you alana thank you thank you dom cheers guys and thank you to my man philippe and the gracious hosts at outset studio nearly forgot the name <laughs> <laughs> we out i went to texas though looking for racism about two months ago I had a showdown in Texas, got off the plane and shit, walked up looking for racism, but my friends always told me, you better not go to Texas. They'll fuck you up. <laughs> I got off the motherfucking plane, walked off, got up, walked up my bag, 
Little white dude walked up and said, this your bag? I said, yeah, it's my fucking bag. <laughs> Why, motherfucker? A black man can't have a suitcase? <laughs> this dude was like, what the fuck's wrong with this guy? 